Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Joshua chapter 5. And, you know, I'm just going to give this title, Pain Before Promise. (laughs) We're going to understand why in a minute. We're going to call this Pain Before Promise. And for all of my guys, just we're praying together. We're going to get through this one in Jesus' name. Uh, But before we do that, as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure if you're looking at this on the YouTubes, like, share, and subscribe to this video. Comment on this. Let us know how you're engaging with this and share this video with somebody. Also, if you're listening to this on the podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We love hearing what God is doing in your life, and it really helps us get this out to more and more people. And I would love for everybody to go to the Bible Breakdown discussion on Facebook and engage with us. The more we dig, the more we find. And so we give you one perspective on the podcast YouTube videos, But then there's some people over there who are doing daily devotions and just really digging in a little bit further. And I'm telling you, it is amazing what happens when we just rally around God's Word. And so that's what we're going to do today. So to bring you up to speed, if you want to get your your NLT Bibles open with me to Joshua chapter 5, get your cup of coffee ready, uh, I want to bring you up to speed. The nation of Israel has crossed over the Jordan River. They're on their way to take their first, you know, city for Jesus, I mean, for Jesus, for, for Yahweh, if Jesus too, you get it, all the same thing, triune Godhead, good stuff. And they, are, But before they do that, these people were born in the wilderness, or they were really, really young when they came into the wilderness. So they're having to renew the covenant of God. That's why the book of Deuteronomy was inspired by the Holy Spirit, is God was telling the new generation the things that are going to happen. Well, there was this one particular thing that God said they were going to have to do that I guess they just have put off until the very last minute. And I don't, I don't blame a brother for doing that. So we're going to get into this today. But remember that the idea behind Joshua was they are now being part of the fulfillment of the promise that God had made to their ancestors for over 400 years. And I want to make sure that the idea of Joshua to me is getting a right idea of what promises are. We have this idea sometimes, if we're not careful, that promises are like a get-out-of-jail-free card in Monopoly. We put that down, God does the rest. When actually, a better way to see the promises of God in His Word are God's open doors and God's help. Because God's going to do the amazing, but what He wants us to do is to do the normal, to do the ordinary, to do what we can do. And that's at the end of our natural that God adds His supernatural. Because what we're going to see is they're going to receive the promises of God, but they have to do all the natural. They have to go fight the battles and do all these different things, and then God does the rest. And I think a lot of Christians would be less discouraged if they realized that many times we're not waiting on God. He's waiting on us. He's opened those doors for us to get out of the situation or get to that next level, but he's waiting on us to take those steps of faith. And so we're about to see them take a step of faith. And let's just get into it. And let's just read it together. So if you've got your Bibles with me, Joshua chapter 5, verse 1, praise the Lord. Here we go. When all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings who lived along the Mediterranean coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan River so that the people of Israel could cross over, they lost their hearts and were paralyzed with fear 
because of them. And by the way, that was the hope, is that when they heard about what God had done, they would leave. So they didn't have to fight them. The ones that they do fight are the ones who stayed and the ones who were going to be belligerent. And so they're getting ready for it. And here we go. Verse two, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the second generation of Israelites. Pause for a moment. You know, this is not uh, current times where they have uh, blades that are so sharp that it seems like you can look at them and get cut. Oh, no, 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 my friend. Uh, This is um, 1,500 years, 1,400 years before Christ. So they are making flint knives to do surgery. Verse 3, so Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel at Gebeath Haraloth, which from then on, my opinion, was a cuss word in the nation of Israel. Joshua had to circumcise them because all the men who were old enough to fight uh, in the battle when they had left Egypt had died in the wilderness. Those left in Egypt had been circumcised. All who had left Egypt had been circumcised, but none of those born after the Exodus during the years of the wilderness had been circumcised. The Israelites had traveled in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they had left Egypt had died. For they had disobeyed the Lord, and the Lord vowed that he would not let them enter the land that he had sworn to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, a land that was good and fertile and sustainable. Verse 7. So Joshua circumcised their sons, those who had grown up to take their father's places, and they had not been circumcised on the way to the promised land. After all the males had been circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. So another 40 years, they <laughs> they didn't get that long. But um, yeah, yeah, they because they didn't have the flint knife on them, they had a chance to rest for a little while. Verse 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has been called Gilgal to this day, which, by the way, the word Gilgal means to roll. While the Israelites were camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they celebrated Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the first month. The very next day, they began to eat unleavened bread and roast grain harvested from the land. Listen to this. No manna appeared on that day, the first day they ate the crops of the land, and they would never see it again. So from that time on, Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. So in other words, from that time on, they were living and eating the promises of God. Verse 13. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you a friend or foe? Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell on his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's armies replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. I think that's awesome. Just like Moses got to stand in the presence of the Lord, so Joshua gets to stand in the presence of the Lord. So let's break this down for a moment. The nation of Israel, while they were in the wilderness, they had been stubborn against God in many different ways. And one of the ways they had been stubborn was they were told that when your son is eight days old, you circumcise him as a remembrance of the covenant. Well, they said, no, <laughs> we, we's are not going to do that. And so one of the many ways they had rebelled against God. And so God is saying, I want to bring you into the promise. 
But that promise is remembered in that physical cutting that reminds you that you're mine. You are marked as mine. So I can't bring you into that promise until you renew the covenant. So for all the fighting men, they had to renew the covenant. And it was painful. But that painful reminder was, I am not my own. I belong to Yahweh. I belong to God. And so it is God's job to do all the things I can't do. And I love that idea because that idea is so very true. Many times in our life, we have to realize that God's path to his promises lead through pain. Jesus himself said, in this life, you will have trouble, but don't be afraid. I have overcome the world. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Another translation says, though I walk through death valley, I will not be afraid because you walk with me. And sometimes the promises of God are not to go left or to go right, but to go straight. Even though it's full of pain, it's also exactly where God is. And sometimes the path to the promises of God is through pain. Let me give you a real life example. Let's say you're in a situation where you've been unfaithful. You have, you've been unfaithful maybe in a relationship. You want to restore, you want God to restore that relationship. Do you know one of the steps is repentance and confession? Going to that person because you can't build a relationship on lies. And so one of the next steps you're going to have to take at some point is the pain of going and confessing that that's what you've got to do. And so that is hard and that's difficult and it's painful, but it's also the path to the promises of God. And you can use that over so many different things. So it's important for us to get a proper idea of what the promises of God are really are. They're not just putting down that get out of jail free card and sitting somewhere, but the promises of God are open doors and God's help. He wants to partner with us in our process of walking in freedom every day. And so as God is getting ready to partner with them, he is saying there's going to be pain, but it's going to lead to my promises. And then lastly, I love the idea that the whole time they're in the nation of, of the, of the well, whole time the nation of Israel is in the wilderness, they're constantly disobeying God. Every time you would have saw a young, a young man, that's disobedience because they had not circumcised their children. But what I love is the manna never stopped. The sufficiency, the provision of God never stopped until they got to the promised land. And that brings me hope too, because I would like to tell you that I always get it right. I never make a mistake and all this kind of stuff, but I, I make as many mistakes as the rest of us, right? But God does not judge me based on my mistakes. He judges me based on my effort. Am I trying to move forward? Am I trying to walk closer to him every day? Because God knows us. And what I love about that is God is patient with us. And he walks with us every day. And he was patient with the nation of Israel. And if he was patient with them, he's going to be patient with us today. There's so many great things. I look forward to going to the Bible breakdown discussion and hearing how you're grappling with this together and just digging in in God's words. Let me pray for us and we'll be done for today. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, for your mercy. Thank you, God. There's so many principles we can take away from this. We can take away the idea that even sometimes when we get it wrong, Lord, you're still faithful to us. You still take care of us. Lord, we could take away the idea that the path to the promise has pain. You know, we kind of laugh about the thing that they had to do, but at the same time, we all experience pain. Help us remember that, Lord, pain is necessary. It's part of the process, but you always are there in the midst of it. Whatever, maybe the person who is listening to this today, whatever they're going through, I pray they'll remember that even in the worst moment, you are still there and you are with us all along the way. 
We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This is my hope for you, that at the end of your journey, you will say like Joshua did in Joshua 21, 45, when he says this, not a single one of all the good promises of the Lord had given were unfulfilled. Everything he spoke came true. That's my hope for you, and I will see you tomorrow for Joshua chapter 6. Thank you.